it's Monisha and Shirley from Make It Shine, the money podcast. On today's podcast, do you know the cost of being single? There's a price to being single, free, and sexy. There's also a lot of financial benefits for singles. Keep listening to find out. So, Manisha, this was a fun topic to research because in the past four years, I've gone through four stages. I've been married, divorced, single, and I'm now back in the game. <laughs> For this podcast, the definition of single is not whether you're in a relationship. We're referring to the fact that you live alone. You're in a household of one and solely responsible for all the bills that you have. Yeah, during my research, I was actually reflecting back to when I was single versus now. I mean, I've been married for five years and actually my first aha moment uh, after we got married, just a sense of how much it's like a little bit cheaper than being single was when we got invited to a birthday party. And now the gift I would usually just give from myself was from the both of us. So I was really just paying for 50% of the cost. I was like, wow, this marriage thing is already paying for itself. <laughs> okay, so when you first asked me whether it costs more to be single versus being part of a couple, my first thought was, it's definitely cheaper to be single. Just the food bill alone. No. So when I'm eating out, Let's just say it costs $10 for myself. But when I'm eating with my boyfriend, now the bill is tripled. It's not even double because he <laughs> eats so much more than me. So regardless of who pays for it, it costs way more to be part of a couple. Yeah, but like obviously we think beyond food, right? So if you live together, all of your household expenses, like the internet, utilities, any maintenance fees, or obviously like the bigger one, rent, mortgage, that's all shared. Yeah. And not just that, like home goods. You only need one dining table. You need one couch. Like that's immediate savings. And I also think back to when I was newly singled and realized that grocery shopping was not in my favor. So even last night at the grocery store, a whole aisle was flagged for two for one deals. And I have really right. limited pantry space. So buying two of everything is just not practical. And I also can't eat everything before the expiration date. <laughs> and they were selling single slices of pie, which is great for singles. But it's $6 if you buy two but $3.75 for one. So that's 25% more. Yeah, and it adds up. I mean, the reverse of that is obviously that two-for-one pie deal is great for me when I'm out grocery shopping. And like, we're happy mostly because I'm going to eat both the slices of the pie um, and we get a deal. So another example, a few summers ago, I wanted to travel on my own. And even the booking websites, they default a lot of their settings to two travelers. And in those moments, yeah. that's when I realized it's a lot more expensive to travel on my own. Yeah, they, they call that the single supplement. So it's a premium that many travel places charge. And I mean, let's say the couple rents a room at a hotel for $100 a night. So it's $50 a person. The solar traveler also stays at the same hotel and also pays $100 a night. So they are paying double, really, as a single person. I mean, there's some hotels now that have smaller rooms designed for individuals, but in general, like, you're not splitting the cost with anyone, right? So the cost is still usually higher than if you were to travel as a couple. So some companies are recognizing that the percentage of singles in the world are growing, but products and services are still heavily skewed towards couples and families. When I moved into my own place, it was really difficult to find small kitchen appliances designed for one person. And most things are full size or meant for families. Or if you were to buy a cute little waffle maker for one, it's usually from a niche brand and not from the large brands that are easily accessible. Yeah, and if you think about it, even other basic things like streaming services. I mean, I share my Netflix password with my brother for now, so until they start charging us, he's not worrying about the single supplement there. There isn't really a discount offered for a single user account. 
Yes, so that's a missed opportunity for the big brand companies because according to Nora Galbraith from Stats Canada, single households are the largest group in Canada with people ages 35 to 64. And this group exceeds the number of people living as couples or couples with children. Wow. And if you think about it, so much of it is institutionalized discrimination, right? So one of my recent aha moments is when we got our second car, our total car insurance only went up by a hundred bucks, which is crazy for me because I remember how much I used to pay as a single person. I mean, talking years ago, just for one car and none of it makes sense, but that's how it works. You actually get a discount as a couple. I mean, when I first saw that, I actually thought they did the math wrong because I thought it was such a great deal. Yeah. And for this growing population of singles, there's even greater costs when it comes to housing. So whether renting or buying, it's much Mm -hmm. easier to apply for a rent application or a mortgage when you have two incomes to back up your application. So if I was a landlord, my most important criteria when choosing a tenant is to make sure that they can pay their rent. And the chances of them missing a payment is much lower when I see both people have a job and there's two incomes coming in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, housing costs are just insane right now. So the average cost of a detached home in Canada is over $800,000. That's crazy, right? So a single home buyer has to come up with $160,000 on their own for a 20% down payment and then qualify for a $640,000 mortgage on their own. And this is not including other costs that you have, like closing costs, legal fees, moving fees, property taxes, the list goes on. Yeah, and this is something I think about a lot. There's a lot more risk when you're a single household taking on a mortgage. If I lose my job, I also lose my house. So the importance of having an emergency fund is even greater for singles. So according to an article on The Motley Fool, only 27% of singles have an emergency fund versus 39% of married couples. And 44% of singles are saving for retirement versus 63% of married couples. That's another concerning point because of all the things that we mentioned about higher costs of living, this continues to hold true into retirement. Yes. So for all of you that are listening, that are single, if you haven't thought about a financial plan, start now. And if you haven't built an emergency fund, you need to start now as Mm -hmm. well. Yes. And there's also tax advantages to being a couple, whether that is pooling your charitable contributions, being able to contribute to your spouse's RRSP, or even combining your total income to reduce your overall taxes. We'll cover this in our next podcast, The Cost of Being Married. Yeah, The Atlantic actually did a very in-depth study and they calculated that a single unmarried person pays over $1 million more than their married counterparts over a lifetime. Okay, I don't have that. (laughs) And that's a huge (laughs) number. And yeah, it comes across the board. Expenses, taxes, health bills. Okay, but on the flip side, research actually shows that married men live 7% longer than unmarried men. So they could definitely use some of that extra money that they're saving because they're married. And the health benefits also disproportionately impact men. So Michael Rendell, who is the director of research center at the University of Maryland, actually quoted in the study saying, men tend to have fewer skills than women in terms of looking after themselves. So I guess if you're going to be single long term, just don't be a guy. It works out for guys to get married. So what that means is women in general live longer. So if you're a single woman and intend to stay that way, saving for your retirement and that emergency fund is even more important. Yeah, that's a great point, Shirley. And according to the federal government in Canada, women make 89 cents for every $1 earned by men. So women are already at a disadvantage. And there are also more costs to being single. And as we found out in our last podcast, single people are likely also dating and dating is expensive. 
in our fifth year of marriage with a toddler, our weekend activities are not grand. I mean, we are excited when we go to a food court at a mall. Um, I mean, that's what we did today. <laughs> so our average, if you want to call it date, is like 30 bucks. So let's bring this topic back up to a more positive light. What are the benefits of being single? There's a few things I can think of right at the top of my head that are financially motivating factors for singles. First of all, they have full and absolute control on how they want to spend their finances. That's empowering, right? You're the sole decision maker and you decide how to manage and grow your wealth. I totally agree. So we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on episode six about whether you should have a secret bank account. Right. And about a third of couples surveyed admitted to having a secret bank account and 40% of couples also admitted to financial infidelity. So that's when the, you tell a lie about your finances, including what something might cost. And it could be like even like little white lies. So when you're the sole decision maker of your finances, there's nothing to hide. Nobody's going to judge what you do with your money. And in terms of expenses, I mean, if you're in a relationship, you have to care about what the other person thinks and how they prioritize spending. For instance, like, do they like a lot of throw pillows? I remember visiting one of my single friends and his entire apartment was furnished with a mattress in the bedroom and a beanbag in the living room. The TV was oh. actually on the floor as were all his video games. Well, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, pillows and candles and nice things. I mean, all that stuff is expensive. So he is really spending money exactly only in areas he values. Also, like another benefit I can think of is just because couples can lean on each other and have two incomes doesn't mean they know or they're actually doing a better job of managing their finances. We dived into that in one of our earlier episodes about talking about money with your partner, where 40% of couples living together don't even know what the other partner's income is. I went from a dual income household when I was married, but I knew nothing about my finances because my ex-husband handled it. And after we split, I had to start from scratch and learn how to manage my own money mm -hmm. and start to think about how I can make better decisions and plan for the future. Yeah, and I know there were quite a few aha yeah. moments for you, right? When you started going through your statements, like, why am I paying these fees? And these are services I don't even use. So you really understand now every dollar that goes in and out. Yes. So three takeaways from this podcast. Number one, the number of single households are growing around the world, and it's the number one largest demographic in Canada. So if you're a company looking to expand your product and service offerings, design for singles and price fairly because there's a strong growing market out there. The number two takeaway is that the costs of running a single household is high. But on the flip side, there's a long list of positive financial impacts of being single, which takes us to the third takeaway. Singles have full control of their finances. You are empowered to spend and save on whatever you want. Absolutely. And one thing we haven't considered yet, the grass always seems greener no matter where you are in life because there's also the cost of married life and then add on the cost of kids. And unfortunately for some of us, there's also the cost of divorce. So maybe on average, the cost of being single, that's the most cost effective of them all. And coming up next, we're going to continue with the costs of different types of relationships. And we'll share some fascinating stories you won't want to miss. So thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating. And don't forget to make shine. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the podcast creators and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the owner may or may not be associated with in professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.